So he hypothesized that Lemuria was the land route used to travel between these places. If you look it up now, the mainstream knowledge is that the lemurs traveled across thousands of miles of sea on rafts made of vegetation. I have a hard time believing <laughs> They were like, you know what sounds more plausible <laughs> than, than an island sinking? Get aboard! <laughs> lemurs building rafts. Zaboomafu taking the lead. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Goddess Hangs. Episode 117. Woo! We made it. We I'm made Sadie. It. And I'm Juliet, obviously. Obviously. And we created the Goddess Hangs podcast to inspire you to live magically and magically. live big and bold. And maybe even a little mysteriously. I don't know. That word just came to me and it sounded oh. fun. <laughs> Live loudly and also mysteriously. mysteriously. I, I'm the least mysterious person. I share everything too much. I need to shut my mouth sometimes. No, you're fine. <laughs> That's why the show goes so well. <laughs> Some of my guy just put that word in my head and I was like, Sadie, maybe you need to be a little bit more mysterious, <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> you're perfect. fun here. She's perfection in the bottle. You know, I've been spending more time with family, obviously, since I've been home. And, you know, I found out like some of my cousins listen like every week, which is so exciting and so fun and makes me feel like so good. Um, But then I was with my aunt and she was like, oh, yeah, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, (laughs) so shout out, Aunt Jill. Love you. Aunt Jill. (laughs) But she's... She's like the young, cool aunt, you know, so she can listen. But I was just like, (laughs) some of those stories I would not have normally shared with an auntie. But you know what? Here we are. (laughs) And we're just going to keep living big and not mysteriously over here. (laughs) That is the goal. 31, gosh darn it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, Oh my gosh, we have a really fun episode today. We're going to talk about lost cities. And then I went down a little rabbit hole of a not so lost city. That maybe we're going to visit someday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Houston. No. (laughs) (laughs) This week on the pod. (laughs) Baltimore. What's the... I have uh, the musical. What musical? Good morning, Baltimore. Yeah, never seen it, but love the soundtrack. (laughs) There's the flasher who lives next door. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) Shout out to all of our Baltimore witches. Um, Before we (laughs) dive into all these mysterious cities and such, (laughs) Julia, what is new with you? I have good stories for you this week. I have good edge of your seat, you're going to love them stories. Starting with about 20 seconds ago, the fire alarm for my whole building was going off. I have lost some hearing since walking through the halls. This is a loud fire alarm. And, you know, am I the only... (laughs) Am I the only person who hears a fire alarm and becomes alarmed and responds? Nobody else left their apartment. 
People looked out their windows down at me on the street and they were like, do you see anything? I was like, I guess I'm the (laughs) doing the reconnaissance mission of this fire. I texted my neighbors like, hey, the alarm's going off. They're like, I don't know. I'm not home. I'm like, okay, sorry. The the building might be on fire. I I just like, I'm always, I'll like pause and I'll be like, "Mm, I don't smell anything. And I just keep going. (laughs) I go into like, do I need to pack a bag? Do I need to put the bird in her carrier? Like, because if if that's the way I go out, that I listened to a fire alarm for 20 minutes and didn't go check. Like that, I can't, that cannot be my downfall. (laughs) So I don't know. I guess it just went off. But anyways, that was the most recent exciting thing to happen to me. But I want to tell you last night's story. And then I'm going to tell you a story from a few days ago. So last night, Irene hits me up and says, Juliet, come with me. There's like a food event. We're going to be tasting some stuff. I think it's for like Top Chef UK come with. And I'm like, Mm. great. Sounds good. So I throw on an outfit that I'm not the proudest of. It was. <laughs> Let me paint you the picture. <laughs> Let me paint you the picture. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to go to some like, I don't know, restaurant somewhere and mingle or like a hotel bar. I, I just was, yeah. you know, um, and there'll be like a couple centerpieces with like Top Chef UK. Like I wasn't expecting anything grand, but I was like, of course I'll come with you. So I put on a pink ginghamish dress from Ross. I put on my bubblegum pink blazer. I put little flower clips in my hair, pink and red. And then I put on (laughs) my bubblegum pink cowboy boots with white hearts all over them. It looks like when you tell a first grader, Pick your own outfit. It was very much that vibe. And I'm, I love what I wear. But this was not, I didn't know where I was going. Sounds like so, you could d- take this outfit to Houston, though. <laughs> I could go line dancing sounds, in this outfit. Sounds cute for Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Houston, Baltimore. <laughs> um, so we put the address in. She's like, oh, it's at something, something South June Street. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's at like a house. Okay, cool. Like maybe somebody's just like, you know, rented out their yard or something. Nope. We pulled up to the, I wrote it down because I didn't know what it was called. The British Consulate General's Home of Los Angeles. There is an official (laughs) residence, a palace, some might say, in Los Angeles that the British consulate general lives in an official like diplomat from the UK (laughs) lives here. We pull up to this Grecian palace. There are about 12 men ready to valet the car in front of the house. And I was like, I am not I am like my car is so corroded right now after like the the garage leak in the um, building. Oh, like, oh yeah, my car is completely corroded. I'm wearing heart boots, and I was like, no, we're parking and walking. <laughs> like I'm not doing the valet. So, <laughs> so we circle around, but there's nowhere to park. So I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I guess we'll valet. They didn't even approach the car. They thought we, like, I stopped and they were like, you're blocking traffic. And I said, no, 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 I'm coming to this event. 
one of like them move right along they're like i need you to get out of the way of the flow of traffic i'm like oh i'm actually attending this event can you please park my 19 year old car so um <laughs> so we get out all by the way all the valet guys so cute like there's like there are cute valet guys in los angeles it's so, la everyone's everyone's, everyone's there. <laughs> so we get out and i'm like oh my god i did if i had known we were going here and irene's like i sent you the email i'm like no you did not so we walk up i we each get these little name tags we walk inside you know the house from passport to paris with like the big winding staircase mm. I mean, mm -hmm. that was the type of house that we were in. And the second you walk in, there's this grand framed photo of the queen. And I looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, your majesty. And then I made Irene take a picture of me like with my outfit. I saw that you pulled up your dress. You can see the boots. So oh my cute. God. It was so funny. It was so, so funny. Um, but then once I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, you just have to fine. own it. This is I owned me. it. Like, it's LA. Like, people dress all sorts of, like, there's no, like, yes, there was probably <laughs> most people dressed a certain way, but they're like, oh, we're in LA. Like, they're, like, not phased by that, I feel like. Oh, it was a lot of people in, like, black suits and yeah. black dresses. Anyways, um, there was a magnificent <gasps> cheese table, and mm. there were these little bites and tastings and mac and cheese and salmon and oh my, my god mouth hurts. I, I drank um non alcoholic uh rosé it was really yummy mm. i had two <laughs> i'm crazy i had two non alcoholic rosés cuz i was like i if i drink at this event number 1 i drove but number 2 like i, I can't like i will start saying things and you know what even sober i said some of the dumbest things i've ever said in my life and I'll tell you one of them. You, there are two places where I will be remarkably, remarkably out of place. I would say the first is at like, I don't know, a motorcycle expo. I don't know shit. I don't know anything. Oh my God, I cursed. I don't know anything about that. Um, Aunt Jill, did you hear that? <laughs> Aunt Jill. <laughs> I never swear on this podcast. Only in the privacy of my own home. Um, and at a food event. I I eat whatever's put in front of me. I'm not a foodie. I'm not a foodie. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, said I'm, I'm married to a foodie. I live with a foodie, but um, I'm not a foodie. So this official woman, this official woman who flew here from England to share information on the food at this event, this <laughs> just beautifully dressed British diplomatic government official Mm -hmm. I end up in a conversation with her and she asks me the question. She says, so what would you say, my terrible accent, is like trendy in Los Angeles right now? Like what would you say is like a trendy food? And my stupid <laughs> pink boot self <laughs> said, I mean, there's a lot of frozen yogurt places. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I, um, really? <laughs> I said, mm -hmm. <laughs> But that also feels like an on-brand answer for the outfit you're wearing. I was I, like, I love Yogurtland. 
I get. I hope she has a podcast and she tells the story from her point of view. She's like this dumb idiot at the British Consulate General's gala. You posted this on your story and I was really racking my brain. Like, what would my answer have been? Or like, have you thought Mm -hmm. of since like, if I could do that moment over? No, I don't know. I think I probably, (laughs) I thought about this. (laughs) I was like, hmm. I wouldn't know what to say either. I think I probably would have said sushi. (laughs) I would say my second answer. answer. My second answer. I was like, also like people love sushi. Yeah. We do have good sushi because it's fresher. I and told like, Irene, she said, she goes, you said frozen yogurt. <laughs> I said, I, I did. I really, I really did. And um, that was that I made a splash at the <laughs> British event. So that's one story. Um, oh, and but I, I have a new answer for the food. I have oh. a real answer. <laughs> I would like to share with everyone. If you're okay. visiting LA, I think a good Los Angeles experience. There's a lot of different great like street vendor foods, but get birria tacos. I feel like See, that's, that's specific to LA. You know, that's the answer somebody else said. Somebody who actually is in food was like, "Really? I yes. like they were like frozen yogurts like 12 years ago. <laughs> like I would say tacos." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, sh- I don't remember his name, but um it was it was very funny." Yeah. So, did Irene have an answer? What was hers? She said smash burgers. Mm, I don't think I've had it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm an so, In-N-Out girl. Yeah, me too. You so, said In-N-Out. <laughs> um, like Menchies, like Menchies is a very ally. Yeah, that's what I would say. So that was my answer. <laughs> and then we left, and it was so it was pouring raining and they had all of they had they had an abundant talk about an abundance an abundance of cheese and an abundance of valet parkers they could have used a an eighth of the valet parkers that they had so they were they would wait at the door with an umbrella and walk you to the other holding area under a tent and then when your car came they'd walk you with an umbrella to the car so this really cute guy starts walking us and I'm I'm like three inches into a puddle. I'm like, well, these shoes are ruined. And we're walking. And Irene goes, what's your name? Because he was like so, so adorable. And he goes, oh, my name's Ryan. And me just, I was like, well, of course it is. Because like all my exes are named Ryan. Oh, I've had, I've had three ex-boyfriends named Ryan and three ex-boyfriends named Michael. So I was like, of course. You're, did you not know that? No. Oh, yeah. I've had three. I've had three Michaels, three Ryans. Two or three mats. They all like have the same name. Boyfriends. Wow. Well, not like boyfriend, like dated. Yeah. I don't think. Well, no, that was a boyfriend. That was a boyfriend. That was a boyfriend. That was a boyfriend. Dated, dated. I don't think I've had anyone that had the same name. I only had people I dated. Hooked up? I'm not sure. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) So when I met Victor, I was like, okay, the curse is lifted. Thank God. The curse Um, is lifted. My my second husband will be named Victor as well. <laughs> but yeah, so and then we there was another cute valet guy and I was like, oh, what's his name? Like Ryan L. Like <laughs> we were just cracking up. It's like and in then, uh, Parks and Rec when he's married. There's like Tammy one and Tammy two. Like his ex-wives yes. are all named Tammy. 
yes, that's me. That's me. But I'm pretty sure I'm everybody's only Juliet, which is very sweet. Um, although is. they've all probably forgotten about me by now. So let me move on to my other story. Speaking of like love and magic and all that stuff. So this one kills me. This is a better story. <laughs> so Victor and I went to the Salvation Army Boutique, which is, mm. I was like, a boutique. <laughs> it's just smaller. <laughs> but a boutique. So we went. boutique. And Victor's obsessed with collecting either film cameras or just like vintage cameras in general. So like right now I'm staring at a shelf like filled with cameras. And we were there and he found two different um, like tape camcorders. So you mm -hmm. would like put in those little DV tapes and then trans you could stick it inside a regular tape. It's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So he bought them both because they were both like super, super cheap. So we got home and he charged them and we – realized that one of them came with a tape and I was like I wonder if anything's on it like we should look and see so we rewound it Irene was over and so it was me Victor and Irene and we're playing back the tape and it starts off and I was like oh no this is gonna get weird it starts off as a huge zoomed in shot of the full moon and you hear this man going it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. <laughs> he keeps trying to do it better. <laughs> and, and he's like, I think you'll like this. This moon reminds me of you. And I was like, oh, no, are we about to like see something like, like a man sprawled out on his bed? Oh, like, what did we <laughs> That's what I was expecting. I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Then it cuts to this man at the piano and he's playing the Ray Charles song, which I think it's Ray Charles, come rain or come shine. And it's 30 minutes of him starting the song over and over and over. And every time at the beginning, he nods his head like this. He goes, come rain or come shine. And then he starts playing it. He does the same gesture over and over and over. And we're listening and we're going, oh my God, this man is so talented. Like this man, like I'm making up this story that he's like this unknown guy and he should have made it. And what a shame. And he deserves to be heard. And maybe we should like put him on TikTok because he was so like incredibly talented. And Irene goes, I feel like his name is um, Richard. And I look at him and clear as day. I said, no, his name's Robert. Like I think his name's Robert. I'm hearing Robert. The next scene is him standing in his kitchen and he goes, Hi, I'm Robert Martin. And I'm here to, and I was like, no, no. So it, it, this whole video, oh, then he gives like a tour of his yard and he's like, I'm going to read you a poem. And he's like, such a romantic. He's such a romantic. And I'm like, okay, Robert. <laughs> Robert's kind of cute. <laughs> Robert's 61, but I'm like, I'm not mad about it. So then it goes to him teaching like, fitness tips. He's like, Hey, I started this company called look good naked at any age.com. And let me show you what I mean. And he pulls up his shirt. He pulls up his shirt. You know, when you get off the little mermaid ride in California adventure and you see Poseidon with like mm. his 18 pack, this is what this, I'm going to pull up a picture. This is what this man looked like. I am pulling up a picture right now. 
<laughs> Hang on. I texted it to um, Sarah. <laughs> okay. This is what this man looked like. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's, like, gorgeous and ripped. So, and he's showing, like, here's how I do this, and here's me doing a handstand by the pool, and here's me doing whatever. So, and then the tape kind of ended. And then I was like, we should look up his name. We should look up Robert Martin. Who's Robert Martin? He's talented and he's gorgeous. Who is he? He's a gold record winning musician. He's Grammy oh nominated. He was in Frank Zappa's band. He toured with Frank Zappa for like decades and he still tours with the remaining members of the Zappa band. And he's in Europe right now. And I know this because I wrote to him. He wrote, wrote you back? He, yeah, we've been writing. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought if my, if this was an indie movie, are you kidding me? I wrote to him and I said, Victor knows I'm doing this, by the way. He's like, you're being a little hoe. I'm like, I'm having fun. It's fine. <laughs> I was like, am I Lana Del Rey? Is, is this like my old man? Like, is this like, is he going to, I don't know, <laughs> pick me up in his Cadillac? So I, I don't have dinner plans with him. Although I wouldn't be mad if I did. <laughs> but I won't. I will control myself. So, um... <laughs> my boyfriend's 27 i'm like he's only 73 it's fine we'll go to <laughs> <laughs> juliet's a pendulum girl she likes them young yeah. or she likes them old <laughs> i like them where my age is attractive does that make sense like to a younger guy i'm like, like it's something really special to be your yes. age yes so i'm really oversharing this week so anyways so i wrote to him and I, because I told Victor, I was like, we should write to him. He's like, we're not writing to him. And I was like, maybe you're not. Like, so well, I wrote to well. him and I said, Robert, <laughs> I said, this might be unusual, but we went to the Salvation Army. My boyfriend bought a camera. Your tape was in it. I said, you have a new fan. You, you are so talented. It was so fun watching you sing and learning your fitness tips. And I was like, I'd love to write with you sometime. <laughs> I was like, shit, may I'm cursing today. I was like, maybe I'll, maybe they'll be like open for us on tour in Europe. You never know. You never so know. So I was like, here's a link to my music. Here's a link to my music and um, have a great day. He writes back and he's like, oh my gosh, Juliet, I'm so happy that this camera ended up in the house with a musician. Um, he said, I loved exploring your website. I love your song, Follow the Butterflies. He goes, and I'm here's another one for you. And he sent me another beautiful song. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm having fun with this. <laughs> me and Victor, we, we like to like take showers together. It's fun. And so we were taking a shower. I was like, um, Robert sent me a song. He's like, Julia, knock it off. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> He's like, Juliet, what? I said, I said I have a boyfriend. Like, I know that he doesn't give a shit that I have a boyfriend. I was like, I said I have a boyfriend. He's like, do you think Robert cares that you have a boyfriend? <laughs> Anyways, um, it would be such a killer indie movie if that's how, like, two people met and there was, like, a grand age difference, right? Yeah. Come rain or come shine. So <laughs> There's your name. <laughs> <laughs> and I told Irene, I was like, if we... 
were the kind of people who are cool people who just got tattoos all the time and just like piled them on. I was like, we would we would immediately have to go get one that said come rain or come shine. <laughs> like it's too crazy. So yeah, that's my little like Lana Del Rey pen pal. Spicy. I know it's kind of spicy. It's kind of fun. Um, but I, I think I think I'm gonna stop now because <laughs> if the tables were turned, I'd be like, Victor, knock it off. <laughs> oh my god i'm like it's there is something funny like i used to spend a lot of time around men who were much older than me because i would play at this open mic in north hollywood where everybody who gathered there was like in their 60s it was like a lot of like like older hippie men and then i would show up as like an 18 to 20 year old and i would play my little songs and like we were just enamored with each other. Cause I was like, wait, you live through these really cool things and you're so talented and you've been doing this for like 50 years. And they'd be like, and you're so young. And I mean, nothing ever like creepy happened ever, which was amazing. They would like walk me to my car and say, get home safe. And I'm very lucky that that's how that worked out. <laughs> but there's just something, there's just something like sweet and fun. Like when you see through to somebody's soul and you don't really care like how old they are. It's sweet. Anyways. Yeah. We we got to I made a new friend new friend thank you thrift store camera and uh, that'll probably be where the <laughs> story so ends cool. unless they want to take me on tour unless they're like Juliet you're exactly what this tour needs we've been praying <clears> for or you. write a song together yeah that's so cool I know I know I'd have to hire security to come with me but yeah we could definitely write a song together and then I looked up. I didn't, I looked, I was just looking him up and it, oh no, this way he sent me his video and the video was like released on his birthday and he's also a mm -hmm. cancer. I was like, oh, that's sweet. I was going to say he's a water sign, isn't he? Totally, 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 totally. I mean, it started off with like him singing to the moon, right? Yeah. And like, that's, I was immediately like Pisces, Scorpio, cancer. I need to know more mm -hmm. about him to know which one, but he's definitely one of those things. <laughs> So that was my kooky week from royalty to Daddy Martin. <laughs> that, was, that was my week. And it was really fun. What's new with you? I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I was like, hmm, I don't know. Not much. But then I wrote like 17 paragraphs. Of stuff oh, okay. I'm so ready. Not really. Um, so this past weekend, my family did a little weekend getaway just because my brother's at school in lacrosse and like we wanted to have a little like all of us together before I'm leaving. Um, so so we went to his college town and just like stayed overnight in a hotel and it was super fun. We went to this winery and then we just sort of like went out and like drank. <laughs> had a party um but it was like so fun my dad was dancing like everyone gets so goofy and it was super fun and just like nice to have everyone together before I'm leaving um and then uh the day this episode drops is the day that I'm flying to LA I keep getting like just like crazy nervous throughout the day where I'm like Ugh. I'm like oh my god I'm going oh. to New Zealand in two weeks <laughs> Like going to LA is like, I'm not really nervous for that. I mean, well, I'll get to it. I am a little nervous for that, but um, really nervous <laughs> to obviously like go to L or go to New Zealand. Um, but I'm pretty much all set. 
I mean, I'm not packed at all, but I have like everything organized. And first things I'm going to do when I get to LA is get in and out. And then I can't wait to snuggle with Boo and smell her stinky breath. <laughs> oh, I bet it's gotten even stinkier. Oh, she looks fatter too, which I keep texting oh, Craig. No. I'm like, because he like, like if there's like a, the, the disciplinary parent and the goofball parent, you know, like I'm the disciplinary one. That's like, no, mm-hmm. she can't have more treats. No, you can't feed them yet. No. Like I'm like the no parent <laughs> in that household. <laughs> And so I just feel like he just gives her food all day long. She's looking like a full-on just ball instead of a cat that's supposed to be (laughs) But she's looking really cute, and I can't wait to hold her. Um, Okay, I was thinking about this. This is so funny. So the last time I went on my big six-week backpacking trip, the week before I left... I, I stayed with my ex-boyfriend <laughs> and I'm doing, I, <laughs> I'm doing the same thing this time. And I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that say about me? <laughs> that you're just way more chill than <laughs> anyone I've ever met. That's what it means. Yeah. A little too chill, but, <laughs> um, Because, yeah, like, we were exes at the time, you know? Like, we weren't still dating at the time. I Mm -hmm. stayed with him, and then I went on my trip. I don't know why. Just wanted to. And then I'm doing that this time, too. (laughs) I mean, Craig's going to be gone most of the time because he has a tour date, and I want to be with the cats. But, like, you know, we're going to have a couple days together, which I'm excited for. Um, But I was just like, that's interesting. Why do I always do that? (laughs) Um, But also... When I get there, I will not be taking care of two cats, Mr. Cat and Boo. Four cats now live there. What? I know. Do you know how long I begged? You guys know. I kept saying, trying for a third, trying for a third. And then I leave and freaking four cats live there now. Because Who are I'll the tell other you two? <laughs> so the two kittens we fostered like right before I left... So they were for his niece and nephew, but they were a little too young and they accidentally got a little rough with one of the kittens and the kitten got hurt. The kitten's fine now, but their parents were just like, they're not ready for these cats. Like kids don't understand. They're like a stuffed animal, you know, like they don't Mm -hmm. understand the fragility of life. They're not trying to hurt anything Mm -hmm. and they're just playing and got too rough. So Craig was just like, okay, I have four cats. (laughs) So he he has four cats. (laughs) Is he going to give the two back when they're bigger? Maybe. I don't I Probably. I don't know. But as of for now, <laughs> they just live there. Oh, my God. How funny. And the well, one obviously, cat... he missed having more of a presence around him. So he... <laughs> yeah, he's Aww. in heaven. There's just always four cats laying around him, and he, he loves oh it. Um, but I'm just like, once I leave, then you get more cats. It's, it's all I wanted. <laughs> But I'm going to be in cat heaven while I'm back, which I'm very excited for. Um, Really quick, if you're hearing me continuously update about my travel plans and you're feeling like, I wish that was me. I wish I was planning for a trip. I wish I was getting excited. I wish I was getting nervous and throwing up and pooping my pants. (laughs) I'm nervous to go traveling. Remember that episode? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You need (laughs) to get in on our Bali trip. There's 
what is it, a month and a half left to, or no, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. You have two and a half months before it's cut off and we can't accept any new people. There's still a couple of spots left at the $200 discount. So use code BALI200 at checkout. All of the details um, are in the show notes. And we have a whole IG live on our pages and more information on our social media. So if you go to um, at Goddess Hangs on Instagram, you can watch a whole live where we like go in depth. And we also created a witchy travel guide, which we'll make sure is in the show notes this week. And it has some tips for like what to pack to help like keep energy clear and take care of your energy while you're traveling. I added in some of my solo travel trips along with the witchy travel tips. And then there's lots of fun details about the trip there too. Um, So make sure you get on that because it's going to be really special and really transformative. The itinerary alone, like the tours and stuff we're going on, that's all included is bananas. And then Juliet and I are also teaching quite a few workshops while we're there too. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a very well-balanced and juicy mix of like the magic that Juliet and I teach and the magic of Bali. It's going to be really special. So make sure you are taking action on that because time is running out. And what else the notes? I'm just getting excited for the other stuff we have going on. Activate your magic is coming back and I'm really I always just get excited I, I like look at the little wait list every day and I'm like oh I wonder who's gonna join because it's the program that I have like literally I I like I don't know you can go into onto my page at I am Sadie Olson on Instagram and look at the results highlights and you'll see it's activate your magic just tons of people and what they've said about this program it's so good And it's something that Juliet and I uh, went in on together this past fall. So it's like completely updated with the way that we teach now, the way we teach mindset and magic and manifestation. And it's a literal roadmap, like step by step, like Mm -hmm. start here and then go here and then go here and then go here to literally just like overhaul and fucking transform your life. It's so good. Mm -hmm. And um. Let's see, I wrote some notes that I wanted to... So if you're looking for clarity, clearing old blocks and beliefs, stepping into a new identity as a manifesting bad bitch, right? Mm -hmm. Activating your intuition, very important. And having just like the, the strength and the courage to show up for what you want your life to be. And the resiliency to keep going because it's like it's it's a constant cycle and this program is meant to be that it's not like a straight road it's like cycle through this work again and again and it's going to be like this spiral staircase where you're going up and up and up and expanding in to your dream life like Juliet and I still to this day use this roadmap to cycle through to continue to grow as individuals and grow as a business and grow in our separate you know passions and and things that light us up so it's it's a it's a program that you get to have access to forever and ever. It's self-paced so you can keep, do it at your own time. You can revisit, you know, the pieces that spoke the most to you or that you feel like you really need that right now. It's such a good program to just have in your back pocket um forever because you're going to go through it once. You're going to just completely transform the way you see the world, the way you move through the world. And then you're going to have that forever to to come back to. So 
get on the wait list because the wait list gets a special bonus and um, we'll send you more information about it very soon. And we also have so much big stuff happening in the Alchemy Collective in March. The theme is being big, big, big. If you didn't listen to last week's episode yet, make sure you go listen to it because it's really sort of, it's almost like a masterclass, the first dip in the waters of like everything we're expanding into in March. Mm -hmm. And if everything we talk about, you're like, I don't know, should I do Activate Your Magic? Should I do Alchemy Collective? What's the difference? How do I know what's right for me? First of all, they're really great to work in tandem together because Activate Your Magic is this big program that you get access to forever. That's a literal roadmap. And then Alchemy Collective is community support, um, accountability, high the highest level access you can get to Juliet and I on a daily basis. So if you're looking for that mentor relationship as well as a more social aspect to your manifesting journey, this is where you want to be. It also isn't so much the literal roadmap. It, the Alchemy Collective is all about looking at the full and new moon cycles and really in real time, mm -hmm. like what's happening in my life? How do I move through this? What do I want to create? We break it down. So I would say if you're like, just haven't started on your manifestation journey, or you're feeling really lost, like activate your magic is for you. And Alchemy Collective is really great. If you're like, you have, if you don't have clarity, you can still join, but I think some level of clarity is really useful. And then we can begin to build on that and expand on it and hold you accountable to really getting in there and making it happen. So it's like the the roadmap over here, self-paced, have it forever. And then Alchemy Collective is like having Juliet and I in your back pocket. Like you can text us, message us in Discord. We were in there almost every day. You have a community that's, you know, dipping into the same level of magic and expansion as you desire in your life. There's just nothing more powerful than having people in your corner who like just freaking get it. And mm -hmm. I talk to so many people that say, Sadie, I'm so jealous that you have Juliet <laughs> because I'm talking about fellow like witchy business owners because we are really lucky to have each other because having someone in your life who really inspires you and activates you and pushes you to want more, there's nothing more powerful than that. To have people who get it, who understand, mm -hmm. who believe that anything's possible. It's fucking important to have that. And so if you want really close high level access to Juliet and I and a community that are in that energy, then you need to hop in the Alchemy Collective because it's really freaking powerful. And if you're like, I want both get in the Alchemy Collective now because you're going to get a discount on Activate Your Magic if you're in there, which is exciting too. So mm -hmm. That's what's new with me is that I'm excited for <laughs> the March Madness Magic. We're doing lots of cool shit this month. Absolutely. I love how you said like Activate Your Magic is the perfect – if like if you take one program in your mm -hmm. life <laughs> that will help you get crystal clear on your desires and get to know yourself and like know how manifestation works and know how the energy works and all this stuff. Like it is going to be a foundation that will serve you forever and ever and ever. It, I mean, the work mm -hmm. that's within it completely transformed our lives. And then if you want to like calibrate your energy and hold the energy and be in high level energy and, and be in, in the, the magic of live calls with us. And, and if, if you want, it's sort of like 
the foundation and then like this really exciting upkeep and maintenance of the energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and they work in tandem beautifully. Um, and you know, you'll know what calls to you. You'll absolutely know what calls to you, but they're both just spectacular. And, um, the feedback we get, I, I'm just always blown away, just blown away. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a testament, it's a testament that when you shine your light, when you bring forward what you know in your heart, you need to bring forward, you can transform the world. You can help other people. And we, you know, we always say like, we're holding up these very pink glittery flashlights just to show you what's already within you. And it's Mm -hmm. all you. And, you know, we want to like light beautiful fires and everybody. And then you can all go spread the fire out into the world and the whole world lights up. So mm-hmm. you want to live magically. You, you know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. The wait you list, know what to do. the information it's in the show notes. And if you're new around here, you don't have it yet. There's also, and you're like, I, I'm not ready to dive into that stuff yet, but we have a free 50 page witchcraft for beginners guidebook. So make sure you get that to begin with. If you're new around it's here, so welcome. Good. We're grateful book. you're here and we have a free whole ass book for you. <laughs> so that's also in the show notes. <laughs> we do. So let's dive into the lost cities. Where did they go? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for you for thousands of years. We don't know where you are anymore. Um, oh my gosh, we really need to. To take all these songs and make an album. So this came, to, this hit me like a bolt of lightning. I was like, this week we're going to talk about Atlantis and Lemuria. And it's mm-hmm. going to be fascinating. Because definitely like once you sort of um, dip your toes into the spiritual community, um, and you know, there's a spectrum of different interests and depths in, in here. You know that. You are going to start hearing about Atlantis and Lumeria. Like, you're, you will. It's It becomes mm-hmm. unavoidable. And I remember the first time that I... I think we all heard about Atlantis from a young age. It, like, shows up in cartoons and in the yeah, fountain what? in the Las Vegas. You know, everybody's memory of the fountain in the Las Ve- in Caesar's Palace. Not that so much. <laughs> but isn't there a whole movie based in Atlantis or am I thinking of something else? Probably. No, I think I'm thinking of the Road to El Dorado, which is also But does isn't movie. Journey to Atlantis something? Let me check. I feel like there's an Atlantis movie. We should all watch it. I bet it. there's like 12. There probably is. But Lumeria might be new for you. Yeah, there's yeah. Walt Disney, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Okay, that's, 2001. Yeah, that what I was thinking of, I think. And then 2003, Atlantis, Milo's Return. Oh, yeah, Milo. I remember. Yep. My boy, Milo. <laughs> Here, for anybody who needs their memory jogged. Atlantis. There you go. Oh, there we go. I was like, it, the, fr- the frame froze for a second. I couldn't see, I but I got a glimpse. That's what I was picturing in my mind. So... We've all heard about this, Atlantis, maybe, most of us. Mm-hmm. And what I knew about, I always thought we all agreed it was fictional. Like, that's how that's how we were raised. Like, oh, it was 100% a myth. It was totally a legend. It never happened. And then when we worked at the Crystal Store, there was this product that we sold there called Lumerian Mist. And I'm if you want... We should sell it. It's so it's amazing. So good. It smells. I you've never smelled anything like it. It's like 
jasmine and gardenia and I can't even explain it. You spray it on yourself, you breathe it in, and it like makes you want to cry. It feels very familiar. And I believe they make it in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And it's in this deep blue bottle. And it was the best selling product in the store. And I brought a Lumerian crystal that I have. I don't oh, know look if I can, you. I don't know if I can get the lines to show up on the camera. Oh, you can kind of see. There's like lines in it. I we'll talk about this in a minute. But mm -hmm. these are like Lumerian crystals with these little lines that kind of remind me of like a vinyl record. These are mm -hmm. said to be connected to Lumeria too. Lemuria. I always say Lumeria, but it's Lemuria. Lemuria. I know. I'm going to say it wrong this whole time. Just heads up. L-E-M-U-R-I-A. Um, <laughs> and I found out why it got that name. I did, mm -hmm. you know, I did my little scholastic research here. Um, so, hey, while you have the crystal, do you want to say like what you're supposed to do with it? Okay. So it's said that, so we're going to, so Atlantis and Lemuria are both ancient civilizations that mysteriously disappeared and for I, I don't know how long there's been scholars and researchers and scientists trying to find proof of these civilizations and there's different theories about this mm -hmm. um but lemuria so both of these ancient civilizations said to be very very advanced um not only on a technological level but like a spiritual level like very ascended quote ascended beings and so lemuria um was known to be a society that was very peaceful healing full of love um almost just gives me like angelic vibes <laughs> and it said that these crystals which is looks like clear quartz, but again, has these lines in it. It's that these crystals, uh, they use crystals to communicate and to store information. So you can meditate with these. And it's said that like these lines are holding the information and that you can like kind of download their wisdom, their, um, I guess the way they would teach like a spiritual perspective. So I was thinking about this today. I love, I have multiple uh, Lemuria crystals. I only uh, brought this one with me. Um, I put about 100 crystals in storage, not just Lemurian ones. But I, I decided to bring this one with me. And I actually don't think I, I usually don't really hold crystals while I meditate. I just meditate. And I don't think I've actually meditated with this. But um, I keep it on my bedside. And I don't know, I like, or while I'm working, I'll hold it. It's very calming to me. Mm -hmm. Um and I just feel like it sort of, it's like, it's, it's very, it's like very peace inducing, like it settles me down. Um, but as I was doing all this reading and I, I do find myself sort of like rubbing the ridges on it, but as I was doing my reading, I was like, girl, you need to meditate with this crystal mm -hmm. and see what comes through. So that's the story of Lemurian crystals. So if you ever see these at stores, um, what characterizes them is these lines and that's that's their purpose or like that's the what they originate from it's said to hold their civilization's information like a computer chip i remember a couple stories about these crystals mm -hmm. from working in the store there was one story that when 
the miners discovered the Lumerian crystals in a particular cave or mine or something, they were all just laying out perfectly. They weren't, they didn't have to be like pulled out of the earth. They were just like laying out, like waiting to be discovered. I don't know if that's true or not, but I like to imagine it might be. And then remember that one time that woman came in and, and was like, I put cameras on my property in Arkansas and you can see the crystals floating above the earth. I don't know if I was there. there. Maybe not. I don't know how true that was, but it was a nice story. (laughs) I was like, do you have the footage? And she's like, no. I'm like, it'd be cool Uh, if you had it because I want to (laughs) see. A story about camera footage, but you don't have the camera footage. (laughs) You know, you could put it on your phone and then you could show me. Um, Okay, so... Do you want to start with with Lumeria and then we'll like go to Atlantis? Sure. Lumeria came first, apparently. That was like okay. the older society. So <clears throat> I can read. So I thought this kind of explanation was a good summary, and then maybe you can teach us some of the more like dates and origin origins and stuff. So sure. okay. So I thought this was. I'm going to quote somebody. Um, that this is sort because it's interesting when you look up Lumeria because there's very like science research articles and then there's very spiritual articles and you know Juliet and I are are always kind of meeting somewhere in the middle (laughs) with Mm -hmm. those a lot of times and so it was it was hard to actually find information that felt like our type of energy honestly I found a couple YouTube videos that were pretty good but this um their Instagram handle at children of the cosmos is a little bit more of a spiritual woo-woo explanation, but I thought it it, it kind of helped make sense of sort of a summary of what this civilization was. So it says, Lemuria or Mu is believed to have been a continent where heaven really was a place on earth. The Lemurians are thought of as a peaceful, highly intelligent race of people that existed millions of years ago. In Lemuria, life worked in harmony. All beings were seen as equal and were deeply reverent to mother earth. Many myths speak of there being a great flood or cataclysm which brought about the end and sinking of Lemuria. Some went into the ocean and shape-shifted into whales, dolphins, and the myrrh, mermaids. Thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Others went underground into tunnels deep in the earth. Others became the stone people and others fled to other lands. Those that survived went on or went undercover attempting to integrate with the rest of the planet, it is thought that the Lemurians became the shamans and healers of the globe, sharing their healing gifts and passing them on. This may be why so many of the world religions, lineages, and healing modalities are so similar when you break them down in essence because they came from the same place, Lemuria. Some believe that there is a Lemurian civilization living within and underneath Mount Shasta, a volcano in California. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So then I went down a (laughs) whole rabbit hole that we'll get to later with Mount Shasta. We will definitely be taking a field trip there someday. Um, Mm -hmm. But let me finish this. She says, or they say, I believe that the first wave of star feeds to, or star seeds to come to earth lived on the continent of Lemuria. 
My soul's memory of Lemuria is one of crystal clear waters and crystal mountains, a paradise garden of Eden type of feeling where we were at one with nature and saw everything around us as sentient beings. We communicated with trees, flowers, and animals. Perhaps you too believe that heaven really can be a place on earth. Perhaps you are part of the transition team who at soul level are devoted to creating this kind of harmony on the planet now. It's easy to get overwhelmed by the state of affairs on the planet now, but you are being encouraged to keep holding the clear vision of the future. Mm. It is closer than you think. So you'll find if you research this yourself, there's a lot of people that say, oh, I, you know, I had a past life in Lemuria or I just, I'm descended from Lemuria. So this person I think is referring to their past life there. Um, it kind of reminded me of like Avatar, <laughs> mm-hmm. like being so connected to the earth, being so at one. It sounds very dreamy. So I thought that was a really helpful way to sort of understand from a spiritual aspect what it was kind of like um, if you were Lemurian living in this ancient civilization. I'm going to add to that because here's some stuff I found, which I love so much. Um, you know, everything on this list, <laughs> it might be true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's nice. It to, it's fun to think about. Yeah. I know. I was like, you know, is it really hurting anybody to believe that there was a place once where people got along? So Lumer- Lemuria um, was a matriarchal society. Hmm. compared to in Atlantis was patriarchal. It was a 5D civilization on Earth. And there was this thing where the people who lived could go from 3D to a different state. Like they could, they were sort of, somebody described them as like being more (laughs) jelly-like. They could move through the dimensions. Mm-hmm. And I also read that they that Lemuria was colonized by star people from like the Pleiadians, the Lyra, the Arcturians, and the Syrians, that there were lush tropical mountains and waterfalls, that they had special gifts, healing crystal technology, working with the light to heal, living in harmony with one another in nature. That's always a big theme. Um, and to help Earth. Their purpose was to help Earth join the galactic community, a place where star beings and humans could walk freely and intermingle. Now, I have a particular opinion about star seeds, star beings. I think sometimes people call themselves that and they're like, everyone else here is just a sheep. And I don't like that. But perhaps <laughs> you are from another star. Who am I to say you're not? <laughs> Um, if you're drawn to energy work, if you hear crystals talking to you, if maybe you're interested in Reiki, you may have a past life in Lemuria. And let's see, they were closer to spirit. They lived in really close community. They were never alone or isolated, very connected to animals. And they believe that the remains of it are on Easter Island. Mm. With those with those stone people statues that you mentioned. So that's sort of like the the vibey vibe, but I can get into more specifics. But I want to hear more about Mount Shasta, actually. <laughs> you want to do that now? I mean, kind of. Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> don't have to ask. We don't have to. It, we don't have to. <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you wanted to do Atlantis and more Lemuria and then do Mount Shasta or if I should go into it now. 
No, I want to know because you you said there's a connection. Yeah. So it's said that there's a, a modern Lemurian civilization in Mount Shasta. <laughs> you didn't come across this? I don't know how I got no. here. But... <laughs> okay. Uh, do you Have you heard anything about M- Mount Shasta? Any stories? I couldn't even or... point to it on a map. Let me look at it. Okay. So uh, it's in Northern California. It's a dormant volcano. And... Um, there's I had no idea it, it so it's considered it's it's globally recognized as a holy um uh land like there's so many unexplainable happenings there some kind of scary some really miraculous and amazing just so much so this first article I'm going to refer to is on mysteriesunsolved.com. And so there's the, there's a couple different ideas or theories about what's going on at Mount Shasta. Uh, but the, the, the I, got, I would argue probably the most popular one, or maybe just because this is what I was researching. So it felt like it to me. Um, but a very popular one is that there, the Lemurians have a civilization like in Mount Shasta, like inside of the mountain. (laughs) And so um, the mountain is one of the world's seven holy peaks. Legends concerning UFOs, aliens, angels, spirit guides, um, and something abound in Shasta. So there's just an abundance of stories. There's so, so many people that have had experiences there. And some claim that Lemurians reside in the underground metropolis of Talos, which serves as an interplanetary and interdimensional portal. So here are some recorded incidents of purported encounters. Now, something that I could not really figure out is how... Who's naming this civilization? Most likely, um, you know, someone channeled that information. But I'm I'm super curious. Are multiple people who never had contact with each other channeling the same name and the same information and the same, you know, this is what it looks like in there and this is how it's organized, or is just this just one person that the, I, you know I'm not sure about that. But this is really interesting. So. Telos is said to be a city inside of the mountain. It's an octagonal city said to have five layers. The first layer is the hub of education, government, and commerce with a temple that can house 50,000 people. Other structures include government offices, entertainment facilities, schools, the king and queen's palace, a spaceport, circular dwellings, industrial factories, and hydroponic gardens, which grow plants and water and nutrients rather than dirt. So, So I'm like, where are we getting this information? You know, someone must be channeling it, but who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Come forward. Um, so it said the locals speak a language called Solar Maru, which is said to be the source language of Sanskrit and Hebrew. And people now people have seen um, what they say to be Lemurians and they're very tall. The average height is like six and a half to seven and a half feet up even to like 10 feet tall. So they're very tall uh, beings. I was like, fit right in. I'd be a little shorty there. I'd love it. 
Um, it's said that they're ruled by King Ra and Queen Ramu, um, as well as a council of six men and six women. There's no monetary system uh, because all fundamental necessities are completely provided and then trading is utilized for high-end products. And ascension is the most important spiritual action, which involves traveling through several dimensions, particularly from the third to the fifth. So it's a civilization that you've like, you know, in, in our civilization, we get a lot of uh, props for like, how successful we are, how far up the corporate ladder we we climbed, how much money we have. In this civilization, very different. That doesn't have a lot of meaning. Your fundamental necessities are met and your what has meaning, what what would people would say like, wow, I really respect that person would be the time you invest in spiritual ascension, which I think is interesting and cool. Um so then it said the Talos and Lemuria's history. So how did this this town come about? This town, city, I don't know. <laughs> so this is one idea. Um, the age of Lemuria, according to one, lasted from 4,500,000 BCE until 12,000 BCE. Aliens from distant universes arrived to build a, a paradise Around 25,000 years ago, nuclear weapons were used in a battle between Atlantis and Lemuria over ideas, and they disagreed about how to um, basically interact with the human race. Like, one of them wanted to let us figure out on our own time, like, how to advance, and one of them, mm -hmm. I can't remember which was which, but one of them wanted to be like, no, like, let's help them, like, let's help them technologically advance. Um it's right here. The Lemurians thought that less evolved societies should be allowed to evolve in their own times. And the Atlanteans felt that they should be regulated by higher civilization. So the Atlanteans wanted to like rule the humans and the Lemurians mm. were like, no, that's not our business. Let them be. Um, so, uh, before the conflict that annihilated Lemuria, it's priests petitioned that this uh, city beneath Mount Shasta uh, be built to save its population and its archives. And so that's what they did. Talos received its records and sacred fires. Like that must be a part of what they do. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, um, but this is interesting. So science fiction or undiscovered reality. So, um, you know, a lot of this sounds like, a, an action movie or a story written by Jules Verne or H.G. Wells for my science fiction babes out there like me. Um, but, you know, like what kind of what kind of proof do we have? What what are we doing to sort of figure out where do these stories come from? And it's really interesting. So um, let's see. So this is specul a lot of this is speculation because there's a lot of people saying everything's covered up by super top secret government things. The government swoops in as soon as something is seen or witnessed. So it's hard to say mm. how much of this is speculation, but it's very interesting. So um, according to some people that study this, the remnants of an undersea Lemurian metropolis were discovered between Maui and Oahu in 1972 and were covered up in a high secret U.S. Navy intelligence mission. Uh, in 1995, Japanese divers discovered the ruins of what is thought to be a section of Lemuria off the coast of Okinawa. And um, 
Scientists, archaeologists are investigating the discovery and have concluded that the structures were built by humans of an old undiscovered civilization. So they're not saying, yeah, definitely Lemuria, but it's very interesting. Um, so there is some stuff, but specifically Mount Shasta, there is just an absolutely undeniable amount of reports from people of UFO sightings, uh, these interesting cloud formations of the government being seen just around <laughs> and hikers disappearing and reappearing and having stories. It's There's too many stories for it to be like, there, oh, there's nothing going on. I don't know what is going on. Is it Lemuria or is it something else? But it's mm -hmm. definitely a portal. There's definitely something going on there. And what was really fun was I was trying to find different YouTube videos and honestly wasn't impressed by that many of them. But I went to the comment sections of those YouTube videos, tons of comments of people saying, I live here. This is my story. I visited there. This is my story. Um, some of the most interesting comments were made by people that uh, were Native American and uh, indigenous to that area and their long history of stories that go back and back and back of this being such a like place that was considered like so holy, so spiritually important. Um, so it's just really undeniable. And something that's really cool that happens there are uh, lenticular clouds, which are these circular clouds. They literally look like UFOs, but they're actually clouds. And these only happen in a couple places in the world. But these clouds, people say, they come and they, they'll be moving clouds, these circular clouds, they'll be moving and they'll stop over top Mount Shasta, sometimes for hours or even days. And someone, yep. And someone said, or a couple comments actually, and this is me just being in the comment section of YouTube videos. They said, yeah, whenever those lenticular clouds show up, the government helicopters zoom over there and they'll circle for hours. <gasps> so no. they're trying to figure out. And one theory is that these clouds come as cover when the Lemurians are coming in and out of the volcano with their ships. And I don't know who's watched the movie. Nope. <laughs> but this is literally like, I was like, oh, like this is, did, is this where they got that idea from? Because in Nope, like I'm not really spoiling anything, but a cloud comes to like cover up this UFO situation, right? Very interesting. Um, so there's tons of accounts of miraculous healings occurring. There's a story of a little boy that just literally disappeared out of thin air and reappeared five hours later as if nothing had happened. Like to him, like time never, like, like no time happened. Like he was just like, what do you mean? I've been here the whole time. <laughs> just this little boy. Um, there's other accounts of like hikers disappearing and being like, oh my gosh, I was taken to this cave. And then this tall woman with blonde hair came and saved me and brought me back. There's just all of these just bizarro stories. There's even accounts of people saying that they've seen Lemurians walk into stores and buy things <laughs> around Mount Shasta. Um, people saying I was sitting in the park and I saw this figure walking by. Just it, there's something going on there. Um, 
So it's very interesting. And uh, I really want us to like take a trip there at some point and mm-hmm. like hire like a local guide to like take us to because there's um, certain spots that are said to be like vortexes on the mountain to like meditate in and connect. Um but it is said that like their their civilization is in the quote 5D. So I I was watching this funny like three minute YouTube video of a guy going with one of these local guides. You know, she's a woman who channels, she's like a, a medium. And he's totally, you know, like he's 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 doing it for the YouTube video, but he does not believe in any of this. <laughs> and and she she has these little chairs and she sets up the chair, you know, they're hiking and she sets up the chairs and she's like, All right, we're here. And he was like, What do you he's like, you know, you know, they're just in a little like a little dirt clearing in the forest. And he's like, Okay. And she's like, Okay, close your eyes. And then she starts sort of saying, like, oh, you see this and you see that. And like she, and he's just like you know, he's not really <laughs> getting into the experience. Um, but, you know, like the fifth dimension is some like we are, we exist in the third dimension. So the fifth dimension is like, I don't have a, we could do, we could do a um, episode about this too. It's very interesting. Um, and there's definitely some toxic spirituality surrounding all this 5D ascension stuff that sort of is like, me versus the other, but it is, it is interesting. And I, you know, I think the 5d more or less is a place that like, if you have astral traveled or you go deep into meditation, um, and you, you can like visit, uh, you know, another, uh, piece of your existence or, or whatever. I think that would be like what the 5d is. It's somewhere that we can exist on a spiritual level, but this physical meat suit, <laughs> this physical body that we're in right now, <laughs> I don't think goes to the 5D, um, but it, that's sort of when you visit Mount Shasta, like if you can go into that 5D, um, like sort of meditative state, you can, it's said that you can, you know, experience Lemuria there. So very interesting. Ooh. That's what I was saying. A lost city that's been found in the beginning. <laughs> oh There's a modern uh, yeah, day Lemuria. Wait. Apparently. I needed to know. Okay, right? well, we must put that on the list. Maybe 2024, we may, so like you're going to do your big traveling this year. I'm going to do a couple trips this year. And then maybe 2024, we like actually say like once a month, we're going to hit a different vortex. We're going to do Sedona. We're going to do Mount Shasta. Like mm-hmm. we're going to go to the places. That'd be fun. Yeah. Be really fun. It's only an hour and forty-eight minute flight from Los Angeles. It said. I was gonna say drive. <laughs> I thought it was really north, but yeah, we would fly. <laughs> I don't want to drive. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna drive. So to wrap up, Lumeria. Here's some of the geographical specifics. So there's arguments that it was either in the Pacific Ocean or the Indian Ocean, um, between India, Madagascar, and Australia, and the way that this whole um, concept came to be was because in the mid-1800s, British zoologist Philip Sclater, or Sclater, he studied the flora and fauna, and he realized that the lemur fossils in Madagascar and India were completely missing in Africa and the Middle East. So he hypothesized that Lemuria was the land route used to travel between these places. If you look it up now, the mainstream knowledge 
is that the lemurs traveled across thousands of miles of sea on rafts made of vegetation. I have a hard time believing. <laughs> they were like, you know, it sounds more plausible <laughs> than, a, than an island sinking. <laughs> lemurs <laughs> building yeah. rafts. Zabumafu taking the lead. <laughs> I like to move it to move it. Across 10,000 miles. No, I mean, not 10,000. Um, in 2013, there was a CNN article, and it was also uh, published a similar finding in National Geographic, that there were traces of, of three billion year old zircon found on a two million year old island. And they theorized that it came from a lost continent found under the Indian Ocean in the same spot that Lemuria would have been in. And then also in 1966, if we were to believe that it was in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Peru, 6,000 feet below sea level, there were man-made pillars found, just like an underwater structure. Wow. So that's sort of the, but like, I mean, it's not a, a wild thought to think, well, how on earth did the lemurs go from here to here? Right? Yeah. So I didn't realize that it was like lemur. Lemur. Le <laughs> I, yeah. That's what I was like. I saw that and I was like, <laughs> Le lemurians. How interesting that that's mm -hmm. the name. <laughs> lemurs. Lemurs, yeah, but now I'm picturing them like get get in the boat, son. We're gonna <laughs> travel thousands of miles on rafts of vegetation. My favorite part of researching all of this stuff is like there's always the the big argument of like this this could all just be a conspiracy or this could all be made up, and it's like what a, I was talking to Victor last night. I was like, what do any of us know? What do, what do any of us know? Like we've been shown a map. That may that maybe that's the map, <laughs> like, right? It's just fun to be open minded and and think that, you know, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah, that's why it's it's fun to speculate. And I think it's like I don't know. It's just like good for us to question what we've like mm -hmm. learned and like it's because I think there's a lot of ancient history that you know I don't know why, but has been covered up or you know just sort of explained away and it's like what if we just speculated for a moment we put away our our disbelief and we said okay this is real what does that mean for us what does that mean about our history and i think in in terms of like these ancient civilizations like there's a lot of positive to like pull from that and think about of you know like mm -hmm. oh they were based around you know they prioritized like growing spiritually over other things. Mm -hmm. And like, what if I, well, you know, what if I wanted to take, make that, you know, my goal in life, that meant success to me instead of some of these other things. Like there's pieces of these society that I was reading and it just felt really good. I was like, yeah, like that mm -hmm. is something I'm much more impressed by, you know, having a conversation with somebody who is on a spiritual journey and, and curious and figuring themselves out than someone who's like, you know, I just got this fancy car. I think that's still fucking cool too. And I want to have a nice car and I want to have a nice home and all of these things. But in terms of, you know, what I value even more and what I think is really special and 
Mm-hmm. And such a metric of success is those kinds of things. So I, I like learning that about these ancient civilizations. I know it kind of makes you feel it opens your eyes to another possible way of living. And I, I'm sure I've said this before, but it always, it was a mind blowing concept to me that intelligence and technology and all these things don't go in a linear fashion. Like I think Mm. just growing up, it was like, well, it started with the wheel and fire and then a boat was built. Like it's you sort of think mm-hmm. like, oh, and like now we're just getting smarter and smarter. And and thousands of years ago, they must have just been really, really dumb. Like if there's yeah. just this weird yeah. thing that we're sort of indoctrinated with a little bit. But then you look back at these ancient civilizations and in many ways they were like smarter than Far us. More, more yeah. <laughs> caring and more compassionate and like smarter in ways like there's different types of intelligence. You know, maybe they weren't sending an email, but like maybe they knew how to be peaceful. Maybe they knew how to be caring. Like there's other yeah. ways of like intelligence. And I also wonder, like, are we harnessing the same? Because like, if you think about Wi-Fi, we didn't mm-hmm. invent that. We learned how to harness it. It's always been there, right? Yeah. All of this shit. Wi-Fi, telephone signals, electricity. It's we. Nobody invented it. It's just all Mm -hmm. like they could have had Wi-Fi back then and called it something else. And so anything in our modern technology, I'm like, is what we consider Wi-Fi. Did they harness Wi-Fi energy into their with crystals? Is that what they're talking about? And we don't know how to do that. And it's a very different way. Like, Mm. it's just so fun to play with these ideas because I'm like, we didn't invent this stuff. It's always it's just energy. We just invented the you know or we you know yeah we invented the tools to harness it we figured out how to put things together in a certain way so when we maybe we just don't like see it you know we think oh like oh they communicated with crystals okay but maybe they did i mean i'm pretty sure there's crystals in our phones aren't there like there i think they use clear quartz and computers and different things to magnify the energy so maybe what they're calling a crystal is literally a cell phone you know like it just but it looks different and mm-hmm. it works a little bit differently maybe it's even more advanced they literally have this and they're like call juliet and i can call you who knows right. <laughs> it's we fun to there. think about you know and so it's like why couldn't they have communicated with crystals maybe that was that was their cell phone I, you know we just it's so cool and so interesting to think about this stuff i just love nerding out about it I do too. I do too. And it's definitely a fun way to move through life to be like, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, we weren't there. Maybe. I'm going to so, try and call you on this later. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> so, okay, let's do Atlantis. Um, do, you don't have Atlantis notes, do you? I did not. I got. I went too far down the Mount Shasta rabbit <laughs> I I ran out of time for Atlantis, so you got this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So in terms of the – okay, let me start with this. Mm -hmm. So the city of Troy was considered a myth for hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years. They were like, oh, Troy wasn't real. That was just Homer telling a story. Mm. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then somebody discovered it in 1870, and they were like, Oh, maybe maybe it wasn't a myth. So the same could be said about Atlantis because Plato talked about Atlantis and 
we've like written it off as a myth, like a myth, a, a fabled mm-hmm. place. Um, but I'll get into all of that in a second. So much like we talked about the culture of Lemuria. <laughs> what was the, the lemur's name? Zabubafu! Zabubafu. Do you remember that show? Is or am I making that? Oh. No, that's a show. It no, was like I real do. people and like a uh, like a lemur, and they would like teach. <laughs> yes, stuff. I do. I love. I don't that think show. I watched it, but I know what it is. I thought I was thinking. Oh, I'm thinking of King Julius from Madagascar. Oh, 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 no. Well, I, you know, we love King Julius. So Bumafu probably would be his right hand man back in the Marian days. You just <laughs> Bumafu. <laughs> I'll put a picture just of like him saying on the- it. <laughs> yes. <cover> of this. <laughs> Special guest star, Zabumafu. Zabumafu. Okay, so much like Lemuria, the culture was a place where like all, it said all 12 chakras were activated. Um, Mm. I don't know the other ones. So I think they go up more. Like, okay. Or maybe there's some more both directions, but there's there's arguments. I've seen things say there's like 57, not it's not the number, but in the like up, up, high, high. So I don't know, but you can have okay. as many as you want. As okay, <laughs> I'm I identify as a seven shocker kind of girl, or is it eight? There you go. <laughs> no, I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> it's <laughs> they could harness shakti energy. They could move from formless to form. They lived longer. They understood the power of positivity. They were naturally psychic, and they stored information in crystals. So, you know, not too different. I feel like it was a bit more masculine energy. I feel like Lemuria was more feminine energy. Mm, and I think I saw that. Yeah. The show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was a city that was described as busy all day and night, rich in trade with languages spoken from all over. It was also referred to as the capital. And it was an empire made up of 10 kingdoms. So where did Plato get this information, right? Because this didn't happen. This wasn't around during Plato's time. So Plato was a Greek, an ancient Greek philosopher, and he had a an ancestor named Solon who visited Egypt. And this information was passed down like through his family. And it was very specific information of like, from the time that this happened, they said, oh, well, Atlantis was here 9,000 years ago. So this would have been 2600 years ago when he heard about it so basically Mm. from if we're doing the math atlantis um went under 11,600 years ago and um all this information came through and so he and including the fact that it was made up of concentric circles two of water three of land it had an opening to the sea at the south and mountains to the north and interestingly enough that area is called the atlas mountain chain And the first king of Atlantis was named Atlas. And they talked about there being an abundance of gold, which in the region, I'm going to tell you where they think it might have been. There was an abundance of gold. And there were mountains to the north and an opening to the sea in the south. So um, also Herodotus, Herodotus, the Greek father of history, um, mentioned atlantis like well yeah there was atlantis like people spoke about it like yeah it was a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were very um like casual about it clear and they were actually ancient romans were amazing at documenting everything um pomponius maya 
or Maya from 2000 years ago talked about a place called Atlante. So they they wrote down everything, they made maps, they were very kind of obsessed with documenting their lives and their history. And there are some theories. There are some theories. So I'm going to show you a picture. They said it was engulfed by flood and fire and it sunk beneath the sea. So in the Sahara Desert, actually, no, it's not the Sahara Desert, in the Mauritanian Desert, excuse me, mm. um, there's a rich hot structure 25 miles in diameter. Plato said that it was 350 miles in diameter, so it's a big discrepancy. But there's this thing called the Eye of the Sahara, so I'm going to show you. So here's what they said that Atlantis would look like, okay? An opening to the sea in the south, the concentric circles. There are mm -hmm. mountains above here. This was mm -hmm. Atlantis. Also, I think circular cities like Paris, I believe, is like a – like they did the city mm. planning in like a big circle. I think it's so beautiful. LA is such a like checkerboard grid. <laughs> yeah. Now, there is this region in the Maritanian Desert called the Eye of the Sahara. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, wow. So you put them next to each other. Yeah, it really looks the same. It's really similar. Um, and here it is all dried out, like on top. Mm. Okay. So this is what's interesting. Um, there was a cataclysmic event on planet Earth. Exactly. 11,600 years ago. They've proven this. It was called Meltwater Pulse 1B, and it was the biggest single rise in sea level that ever occurred. Wow. So at the same exact year that Plato had this information passed down to him that, mm -hmm. you know, 9,000 years ago from him, 11,600 years ago from us, was the exact same year that there was a huge rise in sea levels, which would have sent a lot of places underwater. I also learned that um, 5,000 years ago, the Sahara Desert was green and tropical. Every 20,000 years, it goes from tropical to desert. Oh. Isn't that, I didn't. And then I was like, that can't be true. And then I double checked it and it was true. But maybe you could, anybody listening, you could triple check. But like it it goes, I mean, the earth changes, right? Yeah. So I was like, what? So, because you look at this, it's like in the middle of this dry desert, you're like, no, Atlantis was like beautiful and tropical and lush. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, well, that region was that way 5,000 years ago. Wow. And so there's just like, and then people like with Lumeria have, you know, their past life memories and they channel different things. I personally 100% believe that Atlantis was a place. Mm -hmm. I just believe it was. I'm not – I'm a little less I, – I think it was – I don't, there's just something, something in my soul is telling me. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. But I feel like it was a place, I think the timing of the cataclysmic event is just bizarre. I think the shape of that region and like knowing how it changed over history is bizarre. Um, 
And it's like, you know, we can only, I don't know, like even with all the tests in the world, we can only know so much. Mm-hmm. And there's just something familiar about this place. I'm like, of course there was. And, and, and the fact that people, that the Romans um, who were just such documentarians, they they discussed it. They They wrote about it. They would put it on maps. It's just interesting to me. Yeah. So, um, you know, scientists think that the Eye of the Sahara is just a geographical event. They, you know, don't believe that it was Atlantis. Um, there's just different different theories about, you know, what it was or where it was. And, and there are people just on a mission to prove that it was there and that it was real. And I just, you know, I loved starting this with, you know, people thought the city of Troy was a myth. They thought, oh, Homer just wrote a story mm-hmm. and then it was discovered. So yeah. it's fun to think that, you know, in our lifetime, like maybe there'll be a big discovery about this. Who knows? It's, I like to think about, um, I think it was in the 1920s when they found um, King Tut's tomb. Mm. And just it opened up this whole world of like information and, you yeah. know, um, and I'm sure there's different beliefs of should we have left it alone or whatever. But uh, it's you just like any at any my point is at any moment, something could be discovered yeah. that like just changes how we think about history. And I'm circling back to that interesting point about when those clouds come, the government helicopters go crazy around Mount Shasta. Like, why would clouds be a threat? It's a cloud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They're trying to spot the ships that come in and out or under, you know, or understand why the, just why the clouds, you know, do that over Mount Shasta. Um, basically what I read is, I don't know where else in the world, it, you know, it is a cloud formation that happens, but it's very rare, but it happens regularly there so it's Mm. just it's it's even more rare that that would um happen all of the time so it's interesting and i was just thinking about how like like ancient history even modern history is it's it's part of the reason why i love traveling so much because you travel somewhere new and like even before i really like understood my intuition, developed it, became psychic, like I'd go somewhere and just feel it and be filled with emotion and be filled with like, I feel like I would see like flashes of the things that had happened there. Like when I went to the Acropolis Mm -hmm. in Athens, Greece, like I just started sobbing because I was like, battles have happened here. Ancient philosophers stood here and I am here, Mm -hmm. like little me and all of the history has happened and I I just started getting excited because I'm like, oh my God, I have to get to Mount Shasta ASAP. It's this vortex. But mm-hmm. Bali is a vortex. It's a famous vortex. Some call it like the center of the universe. There's all these names for mm-hmm. it. So we're going to need to do a little bit more research on vortex stories in Bali. <laughs> and maybe Absolutely. come back with that next week because I was like, oh shit, we're going to a vortex. I already got a vortex on the list this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll update you on that vortex situation because that's going to be fun to research. But it's just, I, you know, I love, I love history. I love ancient history. It's, I love how curious we are as humans. I know. Like we just, 
it's important to us and it has meaning to be able to look back and understood what once was, right? There's like that story of like, we need to know history is because otherwise history repeats itself. Um, and um, yeah, it's just cool. And I really enjoyed doing this research. I, I, yeah, I think maybe everything that's out there, some of it's bullshit, some of it's real, but I feel pretty confident that these civilizations existed. You know, there seems like there's pretty good proof for Atlantis and maybe not as much for Lemuria, but they were, their stories are so intertwined. I'm just like, if one was there, the other had to be there. <laughs> and I, you know, I like that. I, I, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's special. We would love to hear your thoughts. If you want to comment, yeah. if you're on YouTube, uh, do you believe in Atlantis and Lemuria? Did we miss anything? Do you know anything interesting about these, these stories? Um, and just a reminder, we have so, the activate your magic waitlist happening right now. We're always welcoming new people inside of the Alchemy Collective, our amazing membership space where you get instant access to over 30 hours of amazing content plus six live calls every month that you can show up to live or you can catch the replays. They're always available. And we have the Bali trip. So come to Bali with us. Come visit a vortex with us. Come make some magic with us in Bali. And thanks for being here. We're so grateful for you all. Thank (laughs) you. And have a Lemurian day. Oh, yes. All right. Oh, follow us on social media. (laughs) Goddess Sayings at I'm Sadie Olson. I'm at Juliet.Piper. Thank you so much for everything. It's a joy to do this every single week. And we will see you next time. Bye.